Let's read together the word of God in Matthew 27, beginning with verse 45. Matthew 27, verses 45 through 66. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is to say, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there when they heard that said, This man calleth for Elias. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, Let be, let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake, and the rocks rent, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. When the centurion and they that were with him, watching Jesus, saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly this was the Son of God. And many women were there, beholding afar off, which followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering unto him, among which was Mary Magdalene, and Mary, the mother of James and Joses, and the mother of Zebedee's children. When the even was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus, and Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. When Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. And there was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sitting over against the sepulcher. Now the next day that followed the day of the preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that that deceiver said, while he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. Command, therefore, that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people, he is risen from the dead. So the last error shall be worse than the first. Pilate said unto them, Ye have a watch. Go your way. Make it as sure as ye can. 
So they went and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. The sermon text this evening is verses 52 and 53 of this chapter. The graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Those three days from Christ's death to Christ's resurrection must have been almost beyond imagination to those who lived in Jerusalem at that time. First, of course, when Jesus was dying, that darkness that came on the land. You can almost imagine the city, the citizens of Jerusalem talking about that and asking one another what they thought of that awful darkness that lasted those three hours in the land. And then, of course, there were those signs that accompanied the death of Christ, that earthquake that shook the city and the temple and the citizens of Jerusalem. And with the earthquake, the tearing of the veil, did you hear that the veil of the temple was torn in half and torn from the top to the bottom? Citizens of Jerusalem must have been talking endlessly about such things. And the city of Jerusalem must have been filled with rumors during that time. And then, of course, that's one of those signs, rumors that there were those who had been seen alive, who, had, who were dead and buried, but who had been seen alive again. And rumors along with that, that Christ himself, though crucified and dead, had been seen by some in the city of Jerusalem, that there had been visions of angels and another earthquake accompanying his resurrection from the dead. Jerusalem must have been filled with rumors and with talking those three days, everyone wondering what was going on. It's to one small part of all of that that I call your attention this evening that reference 
in verses 52 and 53 to the resurrection of some saints at the time of Christ's death. And I want to talk a little bit about what happened there. Very, very unusual. The graves were opened. Many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. What was going on when that happened? Where what happened to these people after Jesus' resurrection and then to his ascension into heaven? But we have to understand and talk about as well the fact that there is a gospel message for us in those events that they're recorded in Scripture for our instruction and especially in this case for our comfort. And then finally, too, we have to see in what happened among these signs that accompanied the death of Christ we have to see that there is in all of this the hope of the coming resurrection of the dead for us. So we have to talk about a wonderful sign, an important message, and a glorious hope this evening. There's some question... Perhaps you'll see that about the order of the events that are recorded in verses 52 and 53. Some would read the passage this way, the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints which slept arose came out of the graves after his resurrection. They arose and came out of their graves both after the resurrection. While others read the passage, the way it's recorded here in our English version, many bodies of the saints which slept arose and then arose at the time of his death and then came out of the graves after his resurrection. Whatever, of course, happened, it was very, very strange and unusual. But the language of our English version records, I am certain, what actually did happen, that these people rose at the moment of Christ's death and then stayed in their graves the three days that followed, waiting for his resurrection from the dead, and only after he arose did they come out of their graves and appear 
to others in the city of Jerusalem. They appeared, the word of God says, unto many. But however you read this, the passage, I think you'll agree with me that this was very, very unusual. You can imagine, can't you, what people were thinking and saying? Did you hear that so-and-so was seen in Jerusalem years after being buried, after his or her death? So-and-so saw them. Things like that. And along with that, did you go to some of the tombs outside of Jerusalem and notice that some of them were empty? And did you notice which ones were empty? Not all of them, but as the Word of God records it here, the bodies of many saints arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. What an event. And what a testimony will come to that, to the power of the death of Christ. I suppose you could say that the death of Christ was earth-shaking, temple-destroying, and had the power to raise people from the dead. But what exactly happened? We have to notice, of course, the reference to saints. Whoever had knowledge of this event, certainly took notice of the fact that it was people like Zacharias and Elizabeth, Simeon, Anna, maybe Jesus' own father Joseph, who had been raised, not the Pharisees, not the scribes, but people of that sort, rather unimportant people in the nation, but people who had the reputation of being pious and godly and who, like Simeon and Anna, were deeply interested in the promises of God's Word. Their graves were empty. We don't know, of course, who exactly was raised. No names are given. They're only referred to as saints. And that's because all the emphasis in this passage has to be not on them, but on Christ. His is the only name in all of this that really matters, except for the fact that these people were saints. 
leaves a lot of questions unanswered. Was it just the graves? They were caves, you know, usually sealed with a stone that could be moved. It was, was it just the graves around the city of Jerusalem? Or did this miracle happen in other places as well? Can't answer that question. How many were raised? We can't answer that question either. But that's all part of the fact that this is really not about them so much as about our Lord Jesus Christ and about his death and his resurrection. His resurrection is, of course, referred to in verse 53. But that leaves the question, did these people come back to life as Lazarus did? Come back to live among their friends and relatives for a while before dying again? Or was this, for them, the final resurrection? What do you think? If you had to answer that question, what would you say? The question is actually rather easily answered from the passage. The word that's used in the passage, the word arose, is used in Scripture only to refer to that final resurrection of our bodies at the end of the world. They had it, had that glorious resurrection several thousand years before we will have it. And of course, the passage makes reference too to their bodies. This is part of what will happen at the end of the world when Jesus comes again. And our bodies are raised from the dust and made like his glorious body. And you have further proof that this was part of that great resurrection of the dead that will be finished when Jesus comes again, you have further proof of that in that word appeared. That's the same word that's used to describe Christ's appearances. And it emphasizes the fact that when Christ was raised, his body, that resurrection body that he had three days after his death was so wonderful and so glorious that you and I couldn't even see it unless he made an appearance unless he made himself in that body visible. Something like the angels. They're here. 
but we can't see them because they're heavenly. Their bodies are heavenly and glorious as ours will be when the resurrection of the body comes. That's what happened with Jesus. He had to appear to his disciples and to others, and apparently did not always even appear in the same form. Mary thought he was the gardener. Peter at the Sea of Galilee wasn't sure it was Jesus. To Thomas, he appeared with the holes of the nails in his hand and the wound of the spear in his side. The same word is used to describe these people and their appearances to many in the city of Jerusalem. They had to make themselves visible because they had not only been raised from the dead, but they had been raised to that glory that heavenly glory which is promised in the word of God. So amazing, so wonderful that no eye has seen it, no no heart can understand it. That glory has to be revealed. They have to appear before we can even see it. So that too emphasizes the fact that this was not like Lazarus coming back from the dead, but that this was the same as what will happen at the end of the world. When God raises the dead, all the dead, who have ever lived, some to glory and honor, of course, and some to shame and dishonor. But that leaves the question, too, what happened to these people? They appeared in the city of Jerusalem, and then we never read of them again. And the Bible doesn't tell us what happened to them, except that we can be sure that at some time after Christ's resurrection, they went with him to heaven where they belong and are there now in their resurrection bodies with people like Enoch and Moses and Elijah and a few others who have already experienced the wonder of that final resurrection. What an event, isn't it? But what does it mean? Why is this in the Word of God? What is the Word of God through Matthew saying to us in its record of this event? Well, it's saying a number of different things things, saying, first of all, 
The same thing that the unbroken bones of our Savior said. It's saying the same thing that his resurrection said. It's saying that the work Christ did on the cross was indeed finished, so completely finished that payment for sin and atonement that had to be made, that it was almost as though the power of his death couldn't wait to break out in the resurrection of these saints, couldn't even wait for him to be raised from the dead. Although, of course, as we read in the passage, these people had to wait three days. Strange, but had to wait three days to come out of their grave. Had to wait for him before they could leave their tombs. And Paul tells us why that is in 1 Corinthians 15. Christ first, always Christ first, and afterwards they that are Christ's at his coming. That's the only explanation we have of the fact that they were raised at the moment of Christ's death but didn't appear in the city of Jerusalem until three days later. After his resurrection, the word of God says. So that's one thing. This is another way in which the word of God assures us that the death of the Son of God on the cross was a complete satisfaction and atonement for our sins. God would say that as loudly as it could possibly be said in the resurrection of Christ. God as judge would say that. We heard that this morning. But it's almost as though the whole creation, everything was saying, yes, 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 it's finished. Atonement has been made. The one sacrifice that, that alone can pay for our sins has been offered. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world has been sacrificed and has taken away the sins of his people. That's one thing. And that's one reason, too, one very important reason why this is in the Word of God. But it's there, too, to show us what Christ's death did to death. destroyed the power of death. And when you think of it that way, then as strange as this event may be, it's wonderful too. Having destroyed the power of death, 
The grave could not hold these people anymore. But by the power of his death was, if I may put it that way, burst open to, re to release these people from that awful prison that we call death. This is a different way of saying what Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 15. When it speaks of the fact that the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. And then add, Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? And the answer, of course, though it doesn't even need to be given there, is that the sting of death was destroyed by the death of Christ. Destroyed forever. And the very nature of death changed by the death of Christ. So that, as is echoed in the text, death for God's people is no longer an enemy, but just a little time of sleep before they wake again in everlasting blessedness in heaven. Christ's death did that, and that's the message of this passage. Death is swallowed up in victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then two, along with that, the passage connects, connects in a very beautiful way, not only the cross and our resurrection, Cross is what makes our resurrection possible, which has redeemed even our bodies from the curse and from death. But it connects it with the resurrection of Christ. That's another reason why these people had to wait for Christ's resurrection. It had to be evident that it was not only Christ's death which destroyed the power of death, but that their resurrection followed upon his. They couldn't come out of their graves until he was raised from the dead. Wonderful, isn't it? Wonderful testimony to the power of the cross But a wonderful testimony, too, to that in unbreakable connection between the cross, Christ's resurrection, and ours. The Word of God makes that connection in a very beautiful way in 1 Corinthians 15. There were those in the church of Corinth, they didn't deny Christ's resurrection. But they denied that 
there was any more resurrection for believers. I can't imagine anybody teaching that in the church. But there were people teaching that then, and there are people teaching that today too. The resurrection is past. All we have is here and now. And when we're done with here and now, that's it. I tell you, if I had to preach that, I don't know what I would do. But Paul says in answer to that, if we're not raised, then that can only be because Christ wasn't raised. And if Christ wasn't raised, then his sacrifice on the cross must not have been enough. Christ be not raised, then your faith is vain. You're still in your sins. That's the connection that the Word of God is making here. Raised at the moment of his death, and by the power of the sacrifice that he offered, he nevertheless waited for the time of his resurrection from the dead. That's the message of the Word of God in this passage. But, and I'm going to leave you with that this evening, that's not the end of the story. The story will not be finished until the end of the world. And I think you know what I'm talking about. There is coming a day when the graves will be opened once again. And those who are in the graves will come out some to everlasting life and some to everlasting condemnation. The day is coming. And not only is that day coming, but the difference will be the difference that's mentioned here in the Word of God those who are raised and their bodies changed to be like the body of Christ, then too will be saints. doesn't call them the redeemed. It calls them saints. And that's a reminder in the passage of the fact that those who are redeemed by the blood of Christ and who live in the hope of the final resurrection of their bodies are always, though only in this life with the small beginning of obedience, are always, always saints. They're not people like the Pharisees and like the scribes, but they are people like Simeon 
and to Anna, who waited all those years for the fulfillment of the promise, and who were content to die only when they had seen that God had kept his word and fulfilled his promises. Remember old Simeon and what he said? It's recorded in the story of Christ's visit to the temple in Luke 2. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. That's the kind of person that the word of God is talking about when it speaks of saints. We don't know if Simeon was one of them. It would have been amazing if he was. Amazing to those who lived in Jerusalem at that time to see old Simeon again, dead and buried for so many years. But it doesn't matter. What matters is that those who were raised were those who were like him and Anna and Zachariah and Elizabeth and Joseph and many others besides. Those who weren't disappointed in Jesus when he refused to fill their bellies and establish an earthly kingdom. Those who saw in his miracles a glimpse of his power as the only one who could save us from our sins. Those who followed him, not because of his miracles or for earthly bread, but who followed him as Peter did because they saw that he was the Christ, the Son of the living God. Those who loved him, loved him even though they did not understand yet why he had come or what his work was as the Savior of God's people. But who saw in him God's answer to all of their spiritual needs. That's the kind of people that the Word of God is describing here. Someone like Joseph, who's who's engaged wife was pregnant. and who had what seemed the strangest explanation ever given for the fact that she was pregnant, but who accepted the word of God through the angel of angel Gabriel without question. That's the kind of person that the word of God is talking about here talking about someone like Nicodemus, 
so troubled by his sins that he couldn't sleep. But who came to Jesus as the only one who could answer his questions. People like Mary Magdalene, from whom Jesus had cast seven devils. Mary, the sister of Lazarus, who showed her love for Jesus by washing his feet with her tears and wiping them with her hair. People like that. People, by the grace of God, like me, of no account in the world, but in God's sight, those who are saints, not by their own works, of course, never, never that, but who are saints by the power of the resurrection of Christ, by the fact that they have his life in their hearts. They are the ones who have the hope of what happened to these few in the days of Jesus' death and resurrection. And I trust, my dear friends, I trust that you can say, by the grace of God, not by my own, but by the grace of God, I am able to see in myself such fruits of God's grace that I count myself among those whom the Word of God calls saints. Holy, beloved, in Christ Jesus, and seeing in myself the fruits of God's grace, I know that I will not be left forgotten in the grave. That when the time comes for me to die, it will be what it was for these saints, just a time of sleep before the resurrection of my body in that great day when my body also will be raised and changed and made glorious like the body of Christ. So glorious that I can't even imagine it now. That's the word of God and the hope that it gives us and the story of these few. This was only the beginning. of what will not be finished until Christ comes again. But it speaks, doesn't it? It's a sign. Sign that points to something that will happen at the end of the world when all the graves are opened. But when there will be a difference 
between the graves of saints and of those who can't claim, who cannot lay any claim to that name. So this isn't just seen that in several instances, other instances the last few days. This isn't just something that happened, something unimportant. This is part of the gospel of the death and resurrection of our Savior. What we are remembering and celebrating these few days. And I trust that you'll receive it too as such. Believing Believing with all your heart and soul in him who was crucified for our sins and rose again the third day and in whom we have the hope of life everlasting. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for the word of God this evening preached with much weakness and sin and heard with sinful ears and sinful hearts. We thank thee that Christ has finished the work of redeeming us from our sins and has given us light and life and peace through his work. May we live and die in the hope that that great day when it comes will be the day of blessedness and eternal life for us. May we live here and now as saints with that hope and in that hope. In Jesus' name we ask it.